Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. I'm not everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast broadcasting to you live from beautiful amazing picturesque Crystal Lake Studios on the Elite Sports Radio Network. My name is Keith Farrell and as always I am joined by my colleague and co-host none other than the biggest Jets fan in the state of Texas Michael Lagaris everybody. I wanted to quote Maximus from the movie Gladiator when he goes Brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. Eternity. And it ain't being easy. Being green is echoing hard, Keith. Brothers! It's echoing hard. Yeah, you're going to come in and just immediately start off with a Maximus quote. You know it's going to be a good episode. There's no way around it. We can only go downhill from here. You actually know that's true. But you know what? Yeah, no, it's not easy being green, Mike. Another tough week. Another loss in the books for the Jets. We dropped to three and five. We all saw the game. We know how it went. Mike, I'm going to give you an analogy what this game reminded me of. You know when you watch, uh, you watch a boxing match and say it's Floyd versus somebody and maybe the guy takes Floyd the distance, but the entire fight, you know Floyd's winning and he wins pretty much every round. Yeah. Even though the guy that's not as good as Floyd is lasting out, you kind of know that he's not going to win. That's what this reminded me of. A fighter lasting deep in the fight, but you know they didn't really have enough to take a W. The Jets, 11 minutes left in this game, 17-10. to 10. Doesn't seem like that, the way the game ended and how we played all day, but they still had a chance, Mike, at the end of this game. We'll get to the game momentarily, but 11 minutes left, 17-10. Defense had gotten a bunch of stops during the day, but just like last week and previous weeks, it seemed like by the end of the game, they were just worn out the defense. They couldn't get the big stop when they needed it. Another game with a bunch of penalties, Mike, but that was it at the end of the game. 17-10, they get the ball back, they go down the field, they score, and we really didn't have much to say Yeah, I mean, there are some positives to take away from the Jet loss. Marcus May, only after missing one game with a broken thumb, played with a cast and led the entire Jet team with seven solo tackles. After the game, he said it hurt, but I had to go. That's what I'm talking about. And and Mike, he played every single play on defense of the game. Yes. That's that's insane. Yes. I, I'm so proud of this man, this young man that we have. You know, Herndon had another touchdown. Uh, it looked like Burnett had some type of chemistry with Sam. I know they played together previously. So, I mean, it was in a dire situation that we had to have him be out there at all. You really don't want to have to be throwing the ball to him. But the, the wide receivers got basically zero separation at all. None. You know, every, every pass that Sam was making... Seemed to have to be put into some tight window. He was 14 for 29 on the day, one touchdown. Mike, we only had 207 yards of total offense on the day. That's not good enough. Not a fun game to watch. Bears seem to be able to, you know, they, they varied it up. Their offense obviously has a lot of different weapons. The beginning of the game, the way they went down the field and the way they were using all of the tools they have did seem like, all right, well, maybe they're going to run away with this. It's not how it ended up turning out. Uh, you know, 7-3 at halftime, 17-10 with 11 minutes left, but... That, that score, when they played 79 yards, you know, for only four minutes it took them. That was tough, and that was pretty much it. And never, like I said, even though it was 17-10, Mike, it did never seem like we were going to win this game to me as I was watching, you know? Even though the score wasn't that out of hand, we really weren't doing anything. They were just going through the motions. Again, another another game with a ton of penalties. 
I know eight, eight penalties for 45 yards. We have 53 penalties on the season, which is ace most of the NFL. I understand that we didn't have the wide receiver personnel in there, Mike, that you want to have. Anderson's out. Anun was out. Probably had to get cut because of a groin. I don't, I don't know, Mike. Another another game. Another bummer for well, Jet fans. It, you know, it was really clear to me on a couple of plays. I was watching. I wanted to watch what the Bears were doing on offense, and I wanted to watch what the Jets were doing on offense. And if you watch Matt Nagy, for instance, on a run play in the beginning when they were moving the ball down, he they would dial up the run. They would put a receiver in motion to freeze the linebackers, right? Because the linebackers are checking... The receiver could be a pass out, a screen out, right? Potentially giving the running back a better chance to get extra yards. So he's schematically opening plays for their players while Jeremy Bates Welcome to Play It Safe was not creative in his scheming at all. Just pretty much stale game throughout the entire game. Single back sets, second and 17, running the ball. What are you doing? Welcome to Play It Safe. What are you doing? Continually putting Sam in third and long situations. He was not creative with any of his plays at all. The Bears knew they had the eight stacked in the box, and every time Corral was going to get the ball, they they knew that. Todd Bowles deciding to punt again the ball despite being down two scores late in the game. I mean, again, here we go. And oh, and, 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 and and can I point something so simple out? Uh, a simple concept, Pete, like your quarterback going to the line and having his hand in his hand warmers at the line so that the linebackers and all the defense know exactly when the snap count is going to occur. Yes, that's on Sam Darnold. This is quarterbacking 101. You don't give away, you know, the plays. But you would think that the coaches would observe that and correct that during the game. You're sitting at home watching the game, Mike, and you noticed it. You have to assume that. Uh, very talented coaches on the other side of the sideline, or maybe coaches on our sideline would notice. But guess what? That didn't happen. I guess, I guess he repeated that mistake all day. We weren't able to really get to the quarterback either. I mean, Luvu had a sack, uh, which is interesting that he was able to get the quarterback. Besides that, really not too much, Mike. It's not like it's another game, Mike, where considering the offense that we're going against, it wasn't like the the defense played horribly. But they, it's, again, they just can't get stops when they need to get the stops in the big moments at the end of the game. The defense right now, yards per game, 24th in the league right now. With, uh, I mean, New Jack City, you think they're going to have a nickname, Mike? Like we said, they're going to have to do good this year. 24th in the league is not going to get it done. We can't we can't call them New Jack City for now. We can't have any any type of musical montages like we want, anything fun. I can't have ice telling people that it's personal. It's personal. Because 24th is not good enough, and it wasn't good enough this game. And if you're going to have a quarterback like Sam and an offense like we have, the defense is going to have to keep us in these games. And as much as they've been asked to do, which has been a lot, they have not been able to do enough to keep us in the game the last That's correct. Weeks. And, you know, something that I do want to point out is that a game like this and a game like last week against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Darnold didn't really look a complete mess with all of his loss of weapons. He, he did seem to struggle with connecting uh, with some of his receivers and his targets, but when they actually started opening up the playbook at the end of the game, uh, they went eight plays for 75 yards on a touchdown drive where Darnold hit Herndon. Herndon and Darnold combination, three touchdowns in three consecutive weeks. Yeah, they're looking good. It looks like, obviously, it looks like Sam doesn't have that many weapons, so that's maybe one of the guys he's going to have to uh, key in on with the Nunwa out, with Anderson out. Hopefully, we get Robbie back next week. Mike. He may come back. I heard a rumor today that Deshaun Jackson... Uh, they're looking into Deshaun Jackson being traded to the Jets. I read that on social oh, I'm media. Oh, I'm not interested in I'm that not at either. all. I'm I, not I, either. Like, in a single percent for a single second, do we need Deshaun Jackson on this Completely team? Completely agree. 
He's he's not that tall a receiver. I understand he's fast, but that's not what we need on the team right now. But the, the Bears, the Bears, 395 yards on the day. They were averaging about six yards per play. They had 22 first downs, 179 yards rushing, 216 passing. So really balanced. Uh, Cohen play was obviously the biggest play of the day. That was the turning point for most of the game because they got within seven late. The Jets. So that score right there really was it was tough. Uh, and it, it seemed like even though. Um, like I said, Mike, even though we weren't able to do anything on offense, from about the, the beginning of the second quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, in between that, those, the second and third quarter, defensively, they played well. It's just the first quarter and the fourth quarter well got away from them. And, but just another game with penalties that seemed to bite us. Not, the turnovers weren't the issue this week. It, we just seem undermanned no. with their talent level and our talent. Even with, even with Khalil Mack out, which was beneficial for us. We just couldn't match up with what they had on, on, you know, on the sidelines. You look like we said before. When you're dealing with a team that's more talented than you, then you can make uh, mistakes. The Jets were flagged ten times by nine different players, seven pre-snap penalties, five on offense, two on defense, four different offensive linemen committed penalties. You can't expect to win if you cannot perform like that. And I'm going to tell you right now, Todd Bowles, I told you after the Jacksonville game I was done with him this game was on coaching staff to me in my opinion a complete failure in all aspects this was a winnable game like you said it lacked discipline it lacked strategy it lacked adjustments it lacked just pure I mean that play that you talked about to Cohen Keith he ran a jailhouse blitz meaning cover zero meaning there was no safety what that what are you doing what are you what are you doing you just and Cohen just Went like 60 yards, like with green grass in front of him. And the guy. Oh, uh, he was yeah. untouched. I know, I understand that he's fast, but that could have been. That could have been. You could put Herschel Walker in shoulder pads right now. I think he's 60 years old. He would have ran down the sideline for a touchdown. That's how wide open that, you know, that lane was right there. And it did seem like we were out coached. I mean. It's tough to say when a game's only a couple touchdown game, but a lot of coaching mistakes again, penalties again. I don't know how much longer Todd Bowles is going to last. He's going to last out this season. He's not going to go around to Hugh Jackson who got canned today. <laughs> yeah. But I do think I, some people are going to say grade him on a curve because the, the Jets personnel they have this year and he has a rookie quarterback and this and that. But I don't know if the Jets and the situation they're in with Sam – if Todd is or isn't the best guy or isn't the guy to lead him to the future, I just know that he doesn't seem like he is. He's not a coach that gives you know, our, our young offensive talent opportunities to succeed. It's obvious. He's just not – look, he's say, making the same mistakes. He's not calling you know, plays that allow Sam to actually grow and actually do some exotic things to open – get screen, you know, receivers open on screens and whatnot. Look – like I said, you saw what Matt Nagy was doing with Trubitsky. I'm going to tell you right now, man. I don't think Trubitsky's that great of a quarterback. I saw him. You saw him. He's not that great. He beat us. But that quarterback was their weakest link. Our weakest link was our skill players. And they coached around their weakest link. And we didn't coach around ours. And that comes down to philosophy. And that is why I'm asking the New York Jets to get an offensive-minded coach for the growth of our quarterback. Trubisky killed us with his legs more than right. anything, it seemed like. He, wasn't, he, didn't pass, he passed the ball efficiently, too, but he, he's able to scramble two or three of those runs. I mean, they, they were really backbreakers. But like you said, Mike, and this is the fundamental... The fundamental aspect to good teams is they analyze what their strengths and weaknesses are and they coach around them. I know it's much easier said than done, but for instance, when you have a rookie quarterback like Sam, uh, being able, and Trubisky's only in his second year, so being able to, through schemes and through coaching, 
to create space and mismatches that otherwise wouldn't be there if you're just going to go out there and have a, two wide receivers, have a tight end, have a running back, and just run your your you know your stereotypical formations and the stereotypical times you run them. Uh, it could be counterproductive to a young quarterback because you're not you're always putting him in situations that if he's a veteran, if he's Tom Brady, fine. But even even the Patriots. Their offense is very tricky and uses a lot of deception. Where it doesn't seem like we the whole year we we pounded into the cement over and over again every single week. We are not that tricky of an offense. The roster Mike that he has to deal with is what he's using to coach with. So I get that as long as he has five Pro Bowls out there at wide receiver. But when you don't have the talent out there, is when you need to be more creative. I didn't see exactly. that this week. Very good point. That's exactly how I feel about it. So uh, tough loss. We both knew that this was going to happen, or we predicted it, and we're three and five. And later we will go into the Miami. Miami Dolphins coming up next week. But before we do that, Mike, let's get to a little segment we're going to do. I know it's the middle of the year, guys. We're three and five. We don't want to really go through and drag us all through every little play that happened at the Bear Games this week. We all saw it. We all know what happened. We know Mike is tremendous at it. We know Mike can do Chris Berman's job while he's in his <laughs> sleep. But we're going to go ahead, give some grades out for the New York Jets. The offense, the defense, special teams, and the coaches. A little AEBG report card from Professor Michael Garris and Professor Keith Farrell. Your midseason grades coming up. The Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. Midseason report cards. All right, guys. So the midseason grades are in here on the AEBG podcast. For some people, when those report cards would come in, it would not be a good time of year. Many a times. I had to try to hide that report card. I used to get them in the old-fashioned mail. Oh, man. <laughs> Mom, maybe, maybe I'd stash it. Maybe I would take an eraser because they would type them up on a typewriter and erase a grade and maybe type up a new grade. You never know what happens. Back on back in the old days, my kids don't know about that life anymore, but the New York Jets grades are in now. We're up and down this year. You know, we, we played we played eight games. We have three wins. We have five losses. A couple of the games we lost, Mike, the Bears game, the Dolphin game, easily could have been wins. Easily could be 5-3 and three right now. Feeling a little bit different about the season, but let's dish them out. Let's hand some grades out to the offense, the defense, special teams, and the coaching staff. All right, so Mike, you know, first let's get to the defense. defense. The New York Jets defense, which before the season started was dubbed New Jack City. We made them a nice little audio piece. We had Ice Cube ready to go. I told you I was ready in the lab to prepare them an amazing segment every single week on this show. If they lived up to that moniker and if they played tremendous defense... However, that's not what's occurred this year so far. 24th overall, the defense is ranked in the NFL. We've been equally mediocre when it comes to defense. Uh, I would say that our linebackers, Avery Williamson, has played pretty good. you got to say, Avery Williamson, 55 tackles on the season, two sacks, interception, forced fumble. He recovered a fumble, so he's played well. Darren Lee's played pretty good, too, 43 tackles, three ins. After those two guys, Mike, they've had spots, Jenkins and Copeland, when they played good, but between the two of them, they really don't have that many tackles. They haven't made that much of a difference. So the linebacker core, you know, it's been okay. You know, middle of the road, I'd say about a B, a B minus, uh, more than likely. The defensive backs, to me, have been a disappointment. And I know Jamal Adams has played good, and Marcus May has played um, through some injuries and played well, but the cornerbacks themselves, Johnson's been a disappointment. I mean, teams have been able to throw the ball on us all over the place. So, um, Dowell Roberts, I think, has played over his head. I'm actually happy with the way he's played. Nickerson's in some spots, played okay. But I'm a little disappointed when it comes to the D-backs, Mike. I'm going to give him about a C-plus on the season. Jamal Adams, of course, gets an A. He's played great. But the overall grade for the defense is brought down by the play of our defensive line. Now, we know the Canadian fan outs for the year, Mike. We had, we had segments for him. We, we had... 
audio pieces. I understand, my child. We had Thanos come into the studio, record some cuts for him with the Canadian national yep. anthem, and he's managed to total five tackles on the season. <laughs> Pinnell, our boy Pinnell, has eight tackles. McClendon hasn't done much. Henry Anderson at the beginning of the year had a couple sacks, hasn't done much since then. Leo has three sacks on the season. Two of them came in the same game. He only has 19 tackles. Our defensive line has basically done nothing this whole season. They are just, they don't affect the game at all, pretty much any week. And they've shown spots here and there in a few game lines. They played okay, but they really have been a disappointment. So you got to give them a D plus. So overall, for me, the defense might the grade I got to give them right now. I got to give them a failing grade or right around a failing grade, right around a C minus. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I have a little bit uh, different look at it. Uh, I'll start with the defensive line. I give the defensive line by themselves a C. In ru- uh, I, I grade the defensive line is most important for rushing defense, and currently the Jets are 21st with in the league rushing defense at 114 yards a game. Six TDs is about average, and they're 23rd in the league with 17 sacks. So I look at that. They're you know, not at the very, very bottom, uh, but I would say they're about a C, C minus D, uh, from the, the defensive line, and they have been a disappointment. Thanos hasn't showed up, like you said. The secondary, however, I have them as a B plus, and I'm going to tell you why I give them a B plus. Fact, I, I'm factoring in injuries, by the way. Uh, secondary, I have linebackers and safeties uh, alike. With our tackles, we have 473 tackles total on the season, ranked 19th in the NFL. Uh, We are tied for fourth in interceptions with 10. And forced fumbles, we are third in the NFL with 10. And ninth in the NFL in fumbles recovered with six. So yes, the D-backs have been disappointed, disappointing. Uh, our star cornerback has been hurt and very disappointing. But I'm going to tell you something. Daryl Roberts has stepped up. Mo Claiborne has stepped up. They have turned the ball over. And considering the injuries that this secondary has taken with Marcus May being hurt uh, and being in the top 10 in both interceptions and forced fumbles um, and the, the linebackers being about average with with, uh, with their tackles, like you said, Darren Lee and Avery Williamson are just having great years. I'm going to give the secondary a B plus, and that being said, the overall grade I'm going to give the defenses is. But C let me just plus. say one thing: um, Darren Lee has three interceptions. Avery Williamson has one interception. The, the secondary doesn't have ten interceptions. A lot of those fumble recoveries also are by the linebackers too, and caused by the linebackers. So I was I was grouping the linebackers and the and the D backs in one. All right, no, I understand what you're saying. I just line. think. To me, yeah. I've been disappointed. Yeah. They've been able to turn the ball over, which is great, but just the big times in big games, I haven't seen the big stoppages by the corners or the defense as a whole, which is why, and the, and the stats show it out. Uh, you gave them a C plus, C Mike, I gave them about a C minus, so right around the same spot. The defense has not lived up to his name, the New Jack City yeah. moniker. Let's get special teams real quick, Mike. Special teams. This is one area of positivity for the Jets. Uh, we know it's, it's not, you don't want to lead the league in yes. field goals. But it's good to have a guy who's been consistent. Jason Meyer right now has 18 field goals made. Number one in the National Football League. Lock Edwards. Lock right. Edwards is kicking right now at a clip of 46.5 yards per punt, which is tremendous. It's a really good job by the punter. He's about ninth in the NFL average per punt, which is really good. We know our boy Roberts is 13th overall in, in kick returns, but he's number one in the NFL in punt return average. So 
special teams. Special teams so yes. far this Mike this year. Got to give him an A, I think. Absolutely. I have given him an A, like you said. First with 253 yards on punt returns. And only one, the Jets are one of three teams in the NFL that have returned a punt for a touchdown. As you said, our boy Myers leading the NFL in field goals made. What? Awesome. They definitely get a name. In yeah, I mean, it's not like you, you know, necessarily want to hang your hat on a season on your special teams. <laughs> but hey, but hey, Mike, that's our positive. And just like all of us in this universe are our own individual snowflake with our own individual positives and negatives. That's the Jets' positives here. We're running with it, world! Uh, let's so, get to the offense. Offense before we get to coaching. Because I know you're going to have a few things to say about Todd Bowles once we get there. Uh, the offense, Mike, the New York Jets offense this year, it's been a bit of a disappointment. Now, we know we're not getting that many yards a game. I think total average per game, we're about 29th in uh, passing. We're 28th average per game in rushing right now. We're coming in 15th in average per game. We're getting 26 points a game. Turnovers have helped that a little bit. Some of the some really timely turnovers that have caused you know drives that are not that long of drives. Still able to get points up. Now we know Samuel, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 55.2 percentage with the completion percentage, about 1,700 yards passing. He hasn't really thrown that many yards the last couple weeks. He has one rushing touchdown. When it comes to the quarterback spot, you kind of do have to grade him on a curve and understand the context of the situation he's in with the offensive line, the injuries that they've suffered at wide receiver, and the lack of talent around him. I have to give Sam a C right now. I can't give him a failing grade. I can't say he's played that great because he really hasn't. I'm going to put him right in the middle around a C, Mike. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he's 32 in the NFL in passer rating at 74.5, 31 in total QBR at 35.2, 21 in yards with 1,705 yards, 29th in yards per attempt at 6.82, 28th in yards per game at 213, 20th in the NFL in touchdowns with 11, and 33rd in completion percentage at 55.2. Being that he is a rookie and all the injuries, I again agree with you, he is a C. Yeah, about a C, that's not bad for Sam. And when it comes to the running backs, now we know Bilal Powell is going to be out for the season, so his, his grade is going to kind of be incomplete, I guess. Uh, Trenton Cannon's come in the last couple weeks and played. Elijah McGuire comes back next week. Isaiah Crowell has been our main guy there running back. He has 484 yards on the season, five touchdowns. He averaging 5.1 yards a clip. Mike, but here's the thing. Crowell's games this year have been 25 yards, 29 yards, 40 yards, 34 yards, 35 yards, one game with zero yards. And then a game with 219 and a game with 102. So it's, I say it's really kind of hard to grade him because the stats play out that he's playing pretty decently and you can't say that he's not. He's averaging five yards a clip. He has about almost 500 yards right in the midway point. But he has most of these stats in a two, in two games. It was the line game and then the Broncos yeah. game. So when it comes to the running back position, I can't really say they played that great this year because Corral has two good games. Powell wasn't playing bad. He had 343 yards, about 110 yards receiving. So I'll give, I'm going to give the, the, the running backs Mike this season so far, I'm going to give them about a B minus. Yeah, I've got them at a B factoring in injuries. I mean, uh, what you're saying, you actually could see bore out. Uh, rushing per attempt is ranked 21st in the NFL currently at 4.1 yards per attempt, but they're 12th in the NFL in total yards at 910 yards total uh, with six touchdowns, which is tied for 13th. So, uh, yeah, I gave them I gave them a solid B. I just said, you know what, you had two, we won two games primarily because of the because of the running backs and and because of that um, and the injuries factoring in. I say 
a B. You could see even, I could even say B minus like you. I'm in the same ballpark. All right, so, you know, not not amazing grades, but about where we maybe thought we'd be when the season started. I was hoping that Crowell and Powell would be able to last the year out together and be a good one two all year. But I'm very happy to hear that um, Bilal's injury is not career-threatening. He'll be back next year. Might not be on the Jets. I know he's a free agent, but he will be back playing somewhere next year, which is very good. Absolutely. Let's get to the wide receiver tight end position, Mike. Kind of put these two together. Now, we know that... We know we have talent at wide receiver. Anunwa, Robbie Anderson, Curtis, Pryor when the year started, Kernan, a nice rookie that we drafted. How they played so far this year has also, just like Sam's playing, the team's played been up and down. Robbie started the year off fumbling the ball over the place. Then he had a few good games where he was very effective. Anunwa started the year off hot. Then he'd have a game here or there where Sam didn't hit him at all with any passes. Curtis did nothing the entire season. Showed up for one week, back to doing nothing last week. Pryor had a few big catches, injured, off the team. Herndon, the last three weeks, has played well, so you gotta, you got to at least give us that. He has three touchdowns the last three weeks. But I'm also disappointed with this group just because there's no consistency in the group really at all. Uh, Noon was showing a little bit of uh, consistency there, and he seemed like a guy that Sam really loved. He got hurt. So another another group that, you know, you I wanted to give him a C, but I'm going to factor the injury factor in. Another group I'm going to throw around right around a B-. minus. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, tight ends I got at a B-. minus. Four touchdowns on the season. Herndon has been a red zone weapon lately, uh, so it's been good seeing that and him helping with run blocking as well. Wide receivers, 25th, currently the receiving core as a whole, 25th in the NFL with 1,552 yards on 12.4 yards per attempt, uh, which is currently uh, 25th, like I said, and 22nd in the NFL with 11 touchdowns, six of those going to the receivers. Now, as you saw in the Chicago Bears game because of injuries, we were really decimated. I mean, we had Sam Darnold's receiver from USC getting playing time as a practice squad cat actually looking like he's competent. I mean, a practice squad receiver is in an NFL game and looking competent. That's how thin we are currently with all of the injuries that we've gotten sustained so i've given the receiving car overall a c plus yeah and burnett came up big this week he had some big catches it you know he kind of looked like he was like slipping around on the field sometimes there but he had some chemistry with sam and considering how thin we are man we can use all the help we can get and if he's you know wide receivers pop up out of nowhere sometimes like robbie anderson victor cruz so maybe burnett will be something in the future that's a good he's a good player maybe he'll be valuable about a c plus b minus for the wide receiver core let's get to the offensive oh, line here we go now, Mike. Uh, now, you want to just give him the stamp and just give him the flat-out F. However, there's been a couple games this year, especially with the run blocking, where they have played well. And it doesn't ever seem like Sam has the most time back there because he doesn't. If we don't have a good offensive line, Spencer Long's any Spencer Long obviously would have flunked out of school and been an alternative. <laughs> if, this was, if, this, uh, if this is real grades we're applying. But the offensive line, really no one on the line, to me has stood out playing that great this year at all. I mean, the, the, I mean I'm mean, i not going to go through each one of these. I'm going to give them a D-plus, Mike. I'm not going to give them the full F just because there was a couple a couple games where they were able to run block pretty decently, but no one in the line is standing out. Maybe Beach was playing the best of anybody uh, when he's in there, but yeah, D-plus, Mike, I'm going to give the offensive line. They have not been able to give Sam that much time. When we're playing really good defenses, they got overwhelmed. Uh, they're getting penalties. Spencer Long standing out, obviously. He's kind of dragging the rest of the unit down, but um, if you're going to have issues snapping the ball and you're having full starts, it just seems like this year the offensive line is just a complete dumpster fire. The center has definitely hurt 
this offensive line. I'll surprise you in saying that I gave the offensive line a C plus. Now, you did say that there was nobody who played on the offensive line that really stood out to you. I have been impressed with Shell, who's been on our right tackle, who we drafted in the 2015 draft or 16 draft. He's been decent. He hasn't been good. They are all jabrones, like you said. But of all of them, Shell could be a piece that we use in the future. He has been decent. Now, the quarterback has been sacked 17 times, tied for 15th in the NFL. So our offensive line is middle of the road when it comes to getting Sam sacked, unlike our counterparts, the New York Giants, who Eli Manning has been sacked 31 times. Ouch, Eli! <laughs> Rock your life! Yeah, sorry, I digress, I digress. Uh, our rushing per attempt, like I said, we talked about is 21st in the league, 4.1. They, they have, you know, looking at the offensive line, like you said, there's been a few games that they've been decent, and they've actually surprised me in certain games as bad as I thought they would be. They're not as bad as I thought they would be, and maybe that's why I'm giving them the C+. Plus. Uh, the sp- no, yeah. no, you're great. You're, you're giving them your mental grade. On yeah, co- yeah, I have because to Because you thought they'd be, you thought they'd be yes. dumpster chips. Yes, like, like the Giants. The bottom of the dump. Like the like Giants. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's like when you go into a movie and you think it's going to be the worst piece of garbage you've ever seen, and then it's not that bad. It still isn't good. But it's just not as bad as right. you thought. It almost seems it almost seems good yes. in your mind. Yes, we're playing tricks on ourselves. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like to me. And Sam hasn't been sacked as as often as some quarterbacks, but made a bunch of passes. I think that are he's rushed because of the uh, the, the the pressure that's been put on him. And made some bad decisions because of that. So the defensive, the offensive line to me has been garbage. So oh, my overall grade for the offense so far this year, Mike. Similar to the defense, I'm giving him a C minus. I got a C minus for the offense, a C minus for the defense, an A for special teams. And now we'll get to coaching, Mike, and I'll let you go ahead and take the lead on this one. Coaching. D. Period. And I really want to give it an F, but I'm going to give it a D just for the fact that this coach has three wins. But what frustrates me about Todd Bowles is he continues to make the same mistakes that he has made his entire tenure here as a coach. And little things like talking about Sam Darnold and his hand warmers, little things like punting, I shouldn't say little, punting with two down two scores late in the game, not being able to manage the clock, not being able to make halftime adjustments, not being able to get your players to go after uh, loose balls like the way a Parcells team would do, not being able to out-coach another coach by schematically understanding their weaknesses and dialing up plays that exploit those. He is a good defensive coordinator. If he was our defensive coordinator, I would be happy with him. But I just do not think that with the young quarterback that we have and the future that we have, we should stick with him. And I give the coaching overall a D. includes Jeremy Bates because he's been up and down, up and down. He's played. He's called some good games. He's called some not so good games. His last game against Chicago was just a dumpster fire, in my opinion. It was embarrassing. Running the ball on first, running the ball on second. What you say? Third and long with Sam. Just, I was so frustrated watching Jeremy Bates call this game on Sunday, and, and I just said, you know what? And I'm watching Matt Nagy. I'm watching him and what he's doing with Chabitsky, and I'm saying this is what we need. And I think all the Jet fans listening right now agree with what I'm saying. I think you agree with what I'm saying. This is crazy. No, I do. I do. And it's we need that creativity, and it does. It seems like we haven't had that jolt that uh you know that offensive mind 
at the helm of our team. Maybe we're doing things outside of the box. Like, it's been forever. Now, we had Rex. We know how that went with him reaching out to the offense and being creative offensively. Now you have Todd Bowles. So if you're looking at your offense and things aren't succeeding and you have a, a coach like Bates who's not really varying it up or being that tricky with anything, then if you're the head coach, if you're a defensive-minded head coach like he is, what he's going to do is he's going to defer to Bates. And that's what he's doing in this situation where a head coach that is offensive-minded or maybe has his hands in the offense more than someone like Todd Bowles does, he identifies, even if he has an offensive coordinator, he identifies what's going wrong, what he thinks is going wrong, and he tells him to correct it and they're figuring out a way to correct it. It doesn't seem like it's happening with the Jets with Bowles. And on special teams, Boyer's been really good because our special team has been tremendous. Uh, I think he's been a good coach. Casey Rogers, you know, he's been ill this year. He hasn't called all the games this year, so maybe he gets kind of an incomplete. You know, Bates, so-so. I'm not going to really give him a good grade because the offense has been very bland and vanilla. Bowles has made plenty of mistakes and been very conservative. Boyer's been okay on special teams. Throw him a bone. So I'll give him about a D2, Mike. I can't really say the coaching's been that great this year. The grades coming in for the Jets for us this year are a C-. For me, are a C-, a C-, a C-, an A, and a D. Not a great report card if your mom and dad saw that. Not at all, and that's pretty much about exactly what I have too. So I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And yeah, unless unless you unless you live in Buffalo, where if you have that report card, you'd actually be valuable. Yeah, yeah, they. I think they're on Monday night right now, huh? Playing the Patriots. You know what the score? Yeah, yeah. That's nine three. I have the game on in front of me right now. I'm watching the game as as I'm trying. I'm I'm multitasking as always, keeping an eye on the enemy and doing the AEBG podcast. Talking about those are the grades, everybody. The grades are in from the AEBG podcast. Not passing grades for the Jets so far this year. Hopefully, the second half of the season, the second half of the football semester, they can raise these grades up by the end of the year. Be a little bit more up to snuff. Let's get into what's going on in Week Nine. First game of the second half of the season, Week 9, on the road versus the Miami Dolphins. Let's go. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. Mike, we have the Dolphins Week 2, first home game of the season. Unfortunately for us, took a loss. Now, in that game, Sam threw for 334 yards, Tannehill threw for 122. We had more first downs than them. We had 362 total yards to 257. We won time of possession. Every single thing on paper says, if you didn't know the final score, that the Jets won the game. However, penalties, 7 for 50 was more when we got those penalties, which we, we went over in that Miami podcast that we did, which every single one of them, Mike, was just horrifically timed. Turnovers killed us in that game. Shot ourselves in the foot. We are a better team than Miami, but we lost that game anyway. A good lesson for Sam to show you that this is the NFL, where if you make small mistakes... Or if your team makes those small mistakes, doesn't matter if the stats are the way they were, were slanted towards us big time in that game, you can still lose. That was a bummer. That was a tough one. That's a game I wish we had back because I really think we could have won that game, Mike. Second time up against them, this time in Miami, potentially up against Brock Osweiler, even though Ryan Tannehill did throw a ball around this week. What do you think about it? Do you feel good about this game? Do they go into Miami and get a W this weekend? Well, we played in September, and it looks like we're going to play in November. And we skipped Brocktober. <laughs> Brock. <laughs> I hope Brock plays. I really, really, really do. And you want to know something else that's kind of crazy? Remember when I was reading the stats about Sam Darnold and that he was 31st in total QBR? There's only one quarterback with a worse QBR than Ryan, than Sam Darnold. And you know who that is. Ryan. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, that, that game, it, it just really annoyed me because he would just, like, throw a little 
pooch pass to Albert Wilson, who would scurry up the sideline for like 65 yards, and he would get all the stats saying he threw for 65 yards when he didn't do anything. And that game was just really frustrating. I don't know if we're going to have Robbie Anderson back. The defense for the Miami Dolphins are so terrible. They they just gave up five tees to, to Watson down there in Houston. And their defense currently right now is 29th in total defense, giving up 3,264 yards on the season. They're 26th against the pass, 31st against the run. So if we could get Crowell and even... And even if we could get some Trenton Tannen or, or, or D'Angelo Henderson going, I mean, I, I, you know what? I feel like the Jets are a better team than this Dolphin team. I think this Dolphin team is right now in, in chaos, not knowing who their quarterback is, their coach, there's drama. You know, I hope we can go down there and win a game, and I think we are going to go down there and win the game. Yeah, well, we have to look, what we're going to have to watch out with Miami, Mike, is they're not, you know, they don't really have some type of tricky passing attack or really great. Albert Wilson's pretty quick, but they don't really have anyone that scares you when it comes to the passing attack with Miami. But they're able all year to run the ball pretty well. They're averaging four points to carry as a team, 4.9 yards per carry for Kenyon Drake, who I still don't understand how him and Frank Gore split time, considering how much more explosive he is. It's, he's averaging almost seven and a half yards every time he gets a reception. Five yards almost every time he runs the ball, yet he's splitting carries with Frank Gore. Now, I'm not hating on Frank Gore. He's averaging 4.6 yards a carry as well. But it does seem like in, in that timeshare, Kenyon Drake should be someone getting the ball a little more than he does. But like you said, Mike, they're giving That's up 408 yards crazy. of offense a game. 408 yards of offense a game. And flip it to their offense, they're actually right. I mean, their offense yep. is right around where we are. You know, they're 27th in yards per game, average per game. They're 23rd passing yards per game and 17th when it comes to the rush. So, I mean, it doesn't, nothing that Miami does scares us. I do think even right now with a depleted wide receiver core and the injuries that we have, I do think we could beat this team. I'm very confident we'll go down there and play well. Not that we always do historically when we play in Miami. The Miami games can always be kind of strange, but Sam lit him up for 334 yards the first time. Now he had all his weapons then. He doesn't this time. I do think that if they play a smart game, if Bates manages to just do, just, inject us with some type of life you know do something outside the box just play smart because this team is not that much better than us if we just we don't win the game for them and hand them the game with right. turnovers and penalties and we can just moderately be able to run the ball put 20 points up 24 points up absolutely and, and in both games. games we played the bears we played the vikings the defense held it held it broke at the end because it got tired but it it held Against they had Cousins not doing anything in that second quarter. Trubitsky, his stats were comparable to Sam uh, in that second quarter. So and third quarter. So against Brock or Tannehill, I am a little bit worried. Uh, Devontae Parker has had beef with uh, Adam Gase. They pretty much haven't been playing with him. And finally, Albert Wilson and Stills are hurt. So they put Parker in last game and he went off for 100 plus yards. So he may be somebody that we need to make sure we're watching. But besides from him, they really don't have any playmakers that scare me except for Drake. Like you said, Drake is absolutely explosive. Uh, he is. He is. He's electric. He's electric. Even, even last year when he got in a little, you could see why they got rid of Ajayi because Drake is just, every time he gets the ball, he's just all over the place. He's fast. Yeah. He's hard to tackle. He seems like he's strong. I don't know what the story is. Why There's games this year where he had four or five yeah. carries in the whole game. And then you look up and you're like, the last couple years, he's averaging more yards per carry than almost anyone in the league. So 
I hope they do yeah. that again this weekend. <laughs> Just don't give him the ball. Give gold to Frank Gore. And hopefully, Brock Osweiler will be yeah. there because that would just be great. Because he is... A- you want to talk about? I don't. I don't care what he did against the Bears. That was just, you know, just like the comic books. Sometimes you, you, there's the Bizarro World issue where the world's just flipped upside down and Superman's a bad guy. That was a weird game. But Brock Osweiler is <laughs> the absolute <laughs> utter definition <laughs> of a jabroni. And Mike, you know that. I mean, when you think of qu- quarterback jabronis, <laughs> Osweiler <laughs> pops up. Hackenberg. You yeah, Deshaun Kaiser is floating around there. Peterman. Oh, poor jabronis. They're all that. They're, like, they're all going to get flushed down the toilet at the same time, circling one another. I do feel like, you know, hey, we're evenly matched with the Dolphins. Definitely a game we can win. No reason we can't take a W this weekend, even with the depleted forces that we have. I'd love for Sam to just light them up again, which would be lovely to see. This was another amazing edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for supporting, tweeting at us, supporting us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, iTunes, where you could download it as well. And Mike, want to let everybody know where if they want to do any of those things, if they want to get in touch with you or me or the AEBG production staff, they can do that. Well, they can find us on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, like Keith said. Follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram at jet.aebg. You heard the man. That was Mike. I'm Keith. Another edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast is in the books on to Miami. We'll get at you guys next week. Peace out. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Bird, Ray, Bird. He's very passionate. Bird, Ray, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Y'all feel sucks. I want a number leaver.